0: to episode 148 of panelology i'm alex i'm brian
1: and i'm megan
0: hey everybody how's it going not too bad
1: it's good 148 episodes that's pretty damn good
0: yeah and like guys, we've only missed one week ever are
1: you guys gonna do something big for 150
0: uh we haven't talked about it so we're probably gonna, not we're gonna do episode <laughs> 150
1: <laughs> oh okay that sounds amazing
0: yay <laughs> Maybe we'll buy slightly nicer alcohol to drink. Oh, that's what we should do. Do mimosas. I was thinking Japanese whiskey.
1: I mean, okay, that doesn't go with orange juice, but okay.
0: Orange
2: Um, juice is that a requirement? No, it's morning. (laughs) If
1: you put orange juice in your alcohol, then it's a little less weird that you're drinking alcohol in the morning.
0: Eh, I just replaced the espresso from my espresso and coke with whiskey. That makes sense. Yeah, it's an it's a it's an espresso and coke called the espresso. There
2: you go. Spam spam Uh, spam spam. And spam hold the spam, right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> we'll have a podcast, and hookers and blow actually hold the podcast. We'll do it Sterling Archer style. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> oh, oh, let's God. talk about comics. <laughs>
2: Comics, we do that, yeah. Okie
0: dokie. Let's talk about Avengers No Road Home number two, also known as the one without vampires this week. Yes,
2: <laughs> <laughs> just to be clear, yeah. yeah we were yes. getting show notes
0: ready, and Meg had sent Avengers, so I assumed vanilla Avengers. And we were talking through what we were going to talk about, and I mentioned vampires, and she's like, Oh, uh, wait a minute.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize there were multiple Avenger issues this week. I mean, one of them seems kind of dark and brooding, but I don't think they were (laughs) vampires.
0: Yeah, yeah. So we are fighting the gods, and we are narrated by Hawkeye.
2: What did you guys think?
1: Yes, I love the use of Greek mythos in this.
0: Me too. I always, I'm I'm just
2: a sucker for Greek mythology. So same, Um, same. But Nyx, who is the goddess of night, uh, shows up. Brian, we don't say her name. Okay. That was
1: also my D and D character that recently got killed
2: so rip so bizarro am saying not nicks yeah. <laughs>
0: It was also the name of the X-Men. first comic series that Laura
2: Kinney showed up in. Ah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, I did not know that. All right. But she shows up and just destroys the Greek gods. Oh, yeah. It's beautiful, too. Uh, now, it's not her by herself. She has her... her children. Children with her, and uh, there's a little there's a little description in the back of who they are, which was kind of cool. Um, oh, I missed
1: that. I gotta go look that up.
2: Yeah, so there's the twins, uh, uh, Apat and Dolos, which are deceit and trickery, and... Uh, Um, They're twins, and I love the description of these two. So they're both basically the gods of lies, right? Uh, But one is like malevolent, deceitful, purposeful, knowing lies, and the other is like ignorant lies. Like you tell lies because you truly believe it, but you're just not right about stuff. Um, And it's like, ooh, that's... uh, well, okay. To be fair, I'm just I just looked at this. So it says Nyx, the Mother of Night is almost it's vampiric day. in appearance. So maybe that was like your confusion there, Max. <laughs> no, I just literally didn't know, know that there was saying. two <laughs> Avengers this week. Uh, and then uh, they, we have Hypnos, who is obviously sleep, um, and he is he is drawn like a Greek warrior with like the mask, and the, it's very very cool looking. Um, like like think a Greek warrior in a Greek play. Yeah. yeah yeah um and then oh gosh oasis i suppose is how you pronounce that who is I mean, mi- who great. is misery um and uh basically think um instant clinical depression <laughs> i was
1: about to say is that yeah. the one that makes everybody say that they're worthless yes yep okay
2: yeah uh and yeah like i said they chew through the gods and then the avengers come after them and uh they don't fare much better no <laughs> they do not no nope. she taunts them
1: so much and did scarlet witch lose her eyesight
0: yes That's what it sounds like yeah which is better okay. than what they maybe had set up as the alternative
1: yeah i thought she might be dead but yeah then it was like i can't see and i was like well at least you're alive
2: yeah, okay yeah the end of issue one you basically see nix like reaching through her and you see two of her fingers coming out of her eyes from the back yeah.
1: That would blind someone. Yeah.
2: And so, yeah. So, uh, which, her being the goddess of darkness, that makes, you know, of night, that makes sense that blinding is a. Yeah.
0: So, do we think that Hawkeye at the end of this is in reality or is he being duped
2: by, say, trickery? Oh, he's totally being duped. Yeah. That's not real.
1: Given how angry his uh, companion seems. I I mean, uh, to be fair,
0: his companion
2: is always angry. Exactly. This is
1: very true. (laughs) true. (laughs) This is very true.
2: That's one of the things I wanted to point out. So uh, Hulk, and we saw this in the first one, Hulk is very upset that Clint killed him. Um, but that, recently they've done a whole lot more than used to be the case to separate the personalities of Bruce and the Hulk. Yes.
1: I do like that. Yeah. Because they're not supposed to, it's a Jekyll and Hyde. Like, yeah, and the, I like. The fact that they got so blended is
2: kind of weird a a little bit like so it's almost like they don't have knowledge that the other one has now but mm, i I guess it's almost did ish in that it seems hulk knows more of what banner knows than banner knows of what hulk does that makes sense which i know can happen with some did personality
0: i mean it's also like in comics fiction banner keeps dying (laughs) well okay
2: that's fair too (laughs)
0: that would that would mess with you too I
2: guess so. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
1: So I don't know. I think I have to agree with trickery because it's kind of weird. We didn't see his injuries that he ends up with. Like, I feel like that would be something that is so damaging that it would be kind of sad that they wouldn't show that unless he's like memory loss and just doesn't remember. And it's going to be about him remembering, but his hands are completely mauled.
2: Yeah, Yeah. And I think, I think that was, I think that in combination with Hulk showing up to confront him is, it, it seems a little too over the top these are what you're terrified of right yeah 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 i agree so how not about... to say it's not gonna alone? be good but you know
0: <laughs> is he
1: afraid of being alone
0: i mean you could probably make that argument just based on other stuff and other hawkeye runs yeah okay I And mean, his tendency to like not want to be alone but to kind of push people away that makes sense yeah how about the vanilla avengers title <laughs> avengers number 15
2: well, there's the obvious joke of saying it sucked, but that would just be uh, Vampire Bir thanks for that, Brian. yeah, no problem uh, <laughs> wow, I <you> too. <laughs> Sorry, we played D&D last night, and it's pretty much nothing but that. for two yeah. and a half I was
1: about to say, is your entire D&D game just, like, puns? Yeah. Like, yeah. your DM being I, like, come on, guys. I yes. would like to move.
2: <laughs> I, at Alex... one
0: point, we summoned the monster that we were supposed to be tracking down simply by standing in one spot and making puns so long that Shannon was ready to kill us. Yeah, yeah, she was like, okay, I, you, you find DM. the monster
2: just because I can't deal with you guys just standing here doing this anymore. <laughs> Yeah. I, I really like the DM. And to be honest, Alex does worship the god of funds, so. Oh, no. Yes. Yeah. Like,
1: in character or actual Alex?
2: In, in character. Well, probably both, both, to be honest <laughs> with you. Bless. Yeah.
0: All right. So, Avengers. Oh, I yes, mean, we that. can We can review the plot of our D&D game,
2: but we're supposed to be talking about <laughs> Avengers. Right, 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 right. Um, uh, you know who I really like in this issue and in this Dracula? run right now? Dracula, yes. Yeah. He is fantastic. He is just so not giving any fucks. <laughs> at this point yeah I um, want
0: to know more about him and howard stark hanging out uh, okay
2: there is that I do want to know about that um but l- so he is last issue we had him surrendering himself to uh the Soviet government the Russian government um and we find out now they have him like you know spread eagle locked up arms in big encased things you know muzzled almost uh basically as locked down as you can think of getting someone right um right. and yet Yet he still just because of his presence causes a riot in the prison, <laughs> and it's there were like true. it's a distraction so he can escape. And he's like, no, he like he doesn't even try. He's like, no, I told you, I'm not going anywhere. I need your protection. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
0: It's also not a great day for Robbie Reyes in this.
2: No, no, it's not. He kind of got, uh, Corrupted? I guess you can say, yeah, I was going to say you could kind of say woke at the end, but maybe it's like anti-woke <laughs> at yeah. the end last issue.
0: He's, he's been like, had his power, he's he's had his powers like usurped by these vampire hunting vampires who want to take over. And he's got a little bit of control, but basically he's so overpowered that he just kind of has to do what they tell him to and go with it, or they'll like use ancient magic to shut them down.
2: Yeah. Uh, you know what this issue did have, Alec? Brian's Quote of the Week? Brian's Quote of the Week! Yep, it sure does. Um, quote, quote. Is
1: that the earliest the quote has showed up?
2: <laughs> so, um, the, the general uh, is uh, actually, I guess he's what, Colonel uh, is the is the, his title, What whatever it is. Um, yeah. Shadow Colonel, there you go. Uh, but he has on his shoulder a cutting from a creature that he ran in to at one point so on his shoulder he has boy thing which was a cutting from man thing um and he says uh time to lock and load boy thing i grew him from a trimming i stole off a swamp monster in the everglades if you want to wage a war on vampires you need a good supply of wooden stakes which he generously provides (laughs) yeah i like that a lot Yes, so he has a cutting from man thing that literally <laughs> just provides him an endless supply of wooden sticks to vampires. <laughs> that is
0: just perfect.
2: I love it. Yeah. All right. What else on Avengers? Um. So I, I do find it interesting how, and I think this is going to be something like longer term, like how they're creating these, you know, the, the Winter Guard in Russia, and yeah. these different groups that, you know, different nations are kind of setting up these different groups of. Of heroes. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to come to a boil at some point in some way.
0: Well, we know a little bit about when it will at least start to. Okay. War of the Realms. Yeah. Yeah. Because part of part of the setup for War of the Realms is that like each of the ten realms mm-hmm. gets a different geographic part of Earth. to uh... so End up with like I think Jotunheim has Florida. Did you say Florida? Yes. Okay. <laughs>
1: yeah are we saying florida is a region all its own
0: (laughs) i think jason aaron
2: is saying that yes all right um i'm just uh, i mean let's let's face so basically you take nice lovely sunny beachy florida and put it in Jotunheim. Great, right great thanks yeah
0: Um, but that's what we're seeing with, like, and we haven't talked about May solicitations yet, we might do that next week, probably, but, like, we see in the May solicitations a bunch of, like, I think there are one-shots, mostly, that are these different teams around the world fighting whatever realm has set up in their backyards. So, I've gotta think some of this will be there. Now, I also have to assume that, like, probably Aaron will stick on Avengers after War of the Realms, and there will be more, like, direct confrontation between Avengers teams after that, and other countries' Avengers Teams, but assuming they're left yeah yeah <laughs> yeah um i don't i doubt that this is just in service of that but i do think that that's going to be
2: the first place we see it come to a head all right yeah very cool all right dr strange number 11 uh, um can i tell you how much i like dr strange supporting cast you may okay i really like dr strange's supporting cast <laughs> how much Um, let's see, uh, I'm trying to think of some, some jokey way of saying that, you know, they get all of the Ancient One's powers and are, like, more powerful than strange at some point, but I don't know how to make that joke, so. Okay,
0: okay. (laughs) So not so much how much, as much as what happens in the issue. Got it. Yeah, well, no,
2: <laughs> I, I, I liked them before what happened in this issue, but yeah, I guess you could say Wong is growing on me. How's that? <laughs> wow. I did it. I did it. Alex hung his head.
1: Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> that means Brian's in charge now, right? No.
2: No. You no, no. Neither of us wants that. <laughs> Neither of us want that. <laughs> Uh, I I don't
0: so much tip my hat to you as much as hang my head to you. There
2: you go, Brian. uh, Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. So,
0: something strange in the neighborhood, specifically Uh the Faultine, are trying to claim Earth because Dr. Strange has defaulted on his magical debts. So, Dr. Strange sends away his cohorts to the magic accountant's office, where they pull an eye zombie and eat a piece of the Ancient One's brain to gain his magic.
2: Yep. And, but they can't keep it for very long because... It wasn't naturally
0: learned, it was magically granted, and therefore toxic to them.
2: Correct, yeah. But it works long enough for them to
0: like grow giant and do martial arts or rig up really cool magical weaponry or just read a bunch of books and blast a hole in people Uh and by people I mean evil interdimensional flame-headed monster men
2: Faultine yes indeed I love I love Strange's logic to Dormammu though yeah (laughs) he's like he's like Dormammu's like yeah they're all you know all the other Faultine are beneath me and while they're here just Distracted. I'm going to go conquer their realm completely and this, that, and the other. Duh, duh. And Strange is like, well, you know, you did forget one thing, and that's that uh, you keep saying they're beneath you and that you're their superior, but they're conquering Earth and you've never been able to do that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. hey if Stephen Strange gets anything it's how to appeal to someone's hubris
2: <laughs> amen yeah. Yeah.
0: personally well I'm very excited for this whole Doctor Strange Herald of Galactus thing that comes up next <laughs> I do need a backup that is the Ancient One and Zelma traveling together. Uh,
2: I, you know what? I was thinking the... When that happened, I was thinking the exact same thing. I was like, I want this story. Yeah. I think that so, would be an
0: excellent backup for an arc. Yeah, so least.
2: just a the quick synopsis. Zelma, at the end of this, leaves with... So they all lose their knowledge that they gained from the Ancient One, which means that he gets it back. And Zelma, at the end of this, agrees to travel with the Ancient One to chronicle and write down all of his knowledge basically create a library of his knowledge yeah yes. it's very cool which is i want I, I want like a little five issue series of that yeah please hey meg
1: yes
0: what did you think of guardians of the galaxy number two
1: i was thoroughly amused by this at first when i looked at it i was like i don't know this is not my guardian of the galaxy there's no rockets i read this before i read uh avengers oh yeah i was like how is this going to be funny it's been a long time since i've read anything guardian of the galaxies i mean even like with infinity war i didn't i still haven't finished it technically Mm. i forgot that groot actually talks (laughs) which is always wonderful um, and that Frank Castle is now part of the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I thoroughly enjoy that. The like, gr- I'm the so gr- here for this team.
0: Cosmic Ghost Rider scene is my favorite part of this book. Oh, definitely. Yeah. That um, is a good fight. Right there with Peter's, who are you again? I'm Frank Castle. I'm a Herald of Galactus. And I'm uh, a, a Ghost Rider. And, and, uh, Peter's like, yeah, that tracks. Universe. I hate all three of those.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I hate all three
1: yeah. would so thoroughly <laughs> enjoyed him uh drunk dialing his ex?
0: Yes.
1: Like why not? I'm
0: or like Kitty. I I was very much a fan of Peter Quill and Kitty Pride. I'll be honest. I enjoyed
2: seeing really? that because
0: yeah, I'm like the one person.
2: <laughs> well, most mostly I and I will say uh, of her choices, he is the better Peter. <laughs> yes. Yes. I don't That's know. Fair. Peter Quill or Peter Parker? Oh, okay. Well, I was thinking of the two Peters that she's been involved in in her life. Wasn't I was she say, involved?
1: Was Kitty dated Peter Parker? Did she? Wasn't I don't Maybe know.
2: Th- maybe that was just the ultimate
0: universe. Maybe that was there. I thought at one point she had dated maybe Maybe it was Ultimate Kitty Pride dated Peter okay. Parker. Maybe that is what I'm thinking of.
1: I'd say Kitty gets around and I'm impressed. I can't keep
0: saying Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I liked Peter and Kitty. I thought they were fun. I enjoyed Kitty's romp through space with the Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs>
1: Well, I'm glad someone
0: did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I get why it didn't work, but I enjoyed it. Uh, we also have, I, I'm, I'm still convinced that, uh, Star Fox is, is the, like, implanted Thanos gonna take over, especially now that he's got, like, the scarred face thing going on.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think they're very wrong with, uh, thinking that it's Gamora. Yeah. Um. I love that ending, though, because you've got Peter, who's drunk as a skunk, because he's essentially in mourning for different reasons, but in part because, like, he's lost the woman that he's loved, and she killed him.
0: Yeah. And it's not, like, just straight-up mourning. It is also straight-up trauma. Like He keeps flashing yeah, back to true. being on the, ed- on the end of her sword, hanging from it.
1: Yeah. Um, who are the, the, the women? I don't... I didn't know who they were.
0: The women. Oh, uh, Moondragon and Phylavel. They are, uh, difficult to explain why- <laughs> One of them is Drax's daughter. The other is a Kree warrior. They're dead in this universe, but in the events of Infinity Wars, were brought over from another universe. Cool. Basically okay. the exact same versions of them. All right. Um, and now they hang out here.
2: I was going to say, didn't was... Moondragon get killed a long time ago?
0: And see how I just gave the most succinct version of all
2: of that possible? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, was, that was wonderfully brief of you. That was very of impressive, you. actually. <laughs> yes.
0: Uh yes, yeah, she she died in I believe the Abnutton landing run that was like twenty or two thousand
2: seven, two thousand eight, somewhere in there. Yeah, like yeah, okay. okay I was gonna yeah. say like 10, 12, 14 years ago. Yeah. I mean I it, it's
0: it's the run that when they announced the movie was the most recent run that I could buy a complete arc of on sale on comixology.
1: Okay. That
0: makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um it's a fun run too, but neither yeah. here nor there. But no, yeah. I dig this. And the other thing we, we learn in this issue is that Really, we kind of have two teams of Guardians of the Galaxy. We've got the Quill Squad, which is not even all going in a single direction, and which Quill refuses to lead. And then we have the Star Fox Squad, which is basically Team Let's Go Kill Gamora.
1: Yep, sounds about right.
0: And nobody knows where the Black Order took Thanos' body.
1: No which is probably going to pop up again soon, I'm sure. Yeah. It looks like some animated puppet.
0: Yeah. It's not a big deal. It's just Thanos' body. You
1: know, whatever. Yeah. He doesn't need it anymore, right? No. That's the point. No, yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: something about asking King Louis' head. <laughs> Un- yes,
1: I was thoroughly amused that, like, Peter basically... I mean, he tells Groot, we're the only people who know where Gamora is. And then that ending, when I guess you think it's going to point back to Peter, and it doesn't, I just sat there and laughed for, like, five minutes. Yeah. I was thoroughly i mean this is a great issue i will probably actually get back into guardians because of this
0: yeah no it was a lot of fun i'm really enjoying it and beta ray bill is in it and we haven't even mentioned him that is how good it is that i've made it that far into this book without mentioning beta ray bill yet man i
2: was really trying to stay out of all this because i didn't want to get sucked in but god this sounds good
1: it it really is a good lineup like i at first well, was like, no, I'm not feeling it. And then about...
2: The problem is it involves me going back and trying to read so much stuff. No. Because it yeah, means no, I have to... No. Just do. go
1: back to the Infinity War and be okay. Well,
2: honestly, it means I've got all of Infinity War. I, 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 it'll make me want to read Cosmic Ghost Ride. Oh, you don't know me though, Meg. <laughs> yeah. No, it has to be all of it then. I yeah,
1: know, I but mean... I'm, I'm talking about, I'm, you know, to other people who are listening and going, this sounds fun. You don't be a bride. It's okay. Yeah. Don't bride. <laughs> Real yeah, talk... Please
0: Don't be a Brian. (laughs) Real talk, just start at Guardians of Galaxy number one. It tells you everything you need to know. This is true. If you are a Brian you will want to read the last volume of guardians of the galaxy infinity uh what was the lead up to infinity wars uh
2: the road to infinity war
0: or something. No, no. No. Infinity 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 no infinity countdown, countdown. Yeah. infinity Infinity yeah. Infinity wars uh the thanos miniseries or the thanos arc that kate's wrote the cosmic ghost rider run if you want to know no, how beta ray cosmic built if you want to know how Beta Ray Bill got here, then you'll want to read Death of the Inhumans. Which that I did read. But... Um, there's also a Thanos one shot
2: that was part See? of Infinity Wars. This, this is why I was trying to stay out of this. Or I mean, you could that, just get number but one. you
1: could just be me who just read number one and two and half of Infinity Wars and be okay. Speaking also, of. I do want to go back and read Cosmic Spider because See? I forgot how much I did enjoy that yeah. and I was waiting for the trade and then it totally dropped off my radar.
0: Yeah. Alright, anything else on Guardians of the Galaxy. Good good book. Read it. We all like it. Yep. Even Brian, who doesn't want to like the idea of it and have to read it, likes it begrudgingly. Oh, without yep. Without having read it. Unstoppable Wasp number five. Or thank you, Jeremy Whitley, for making me first thing cry on a Saturday morning. Oh my word. Uh
1: see, I heard this one was might cause tears. I did not want to get mm-mm. Oh, it's so good. Plus man. I'm behind. I'm just behind. I haven't read okay. any of this the current run yet.
2: Okay. Uh yeah. it's definitely worth catching. Up on. so i i pulled I, oh, this going oh yeah this is great i always get my i can always get my quote of the week from unstoppable Oath. oh no no can't do that this week <laughs> no
0: you could have brian
2: okay you could have
0: that Fair one enough. panel the one panel with bobby and uh uh janet where yes. bobby makes fun of her pointy shoulders and Janet's like, mm, you don't get to talk bell sleeves <laughs> That's oh, bless. true. That is true. Um. <sighs> so issue four. Okay. Look, I know we always sing the praises of Unstoppable Wasp because it is the best comic on shelves right now. But this is something completely different. Yes. The last issue introduces kind of an idea that was teased a little bit very early on. Uh. In in Nadia's first appearances in Avengers and a little bit in Unstoppable Wasp's first volume. But the idea that she is a Hank's daughter and that bipolar. Disorder can be can run Gin. through family, mm-hmm. and in four, you see her have her first manic episode. And oh, no. this issue oh, no. is This issue actually starts off with a confrontation between her friends trying to stop her and get her to accept help and her refusing it. Oh no. And fighting them, like physically fighting them over it. Uh, and by the end of the issue, it does resolve and she does accept help. Like I'll just go ahead and say that up front. Yeah, how it can gets can... there is <laughs> I think way more important than just oh, that. Yeah. Um there are some like I I guess strange up content warning for this issue, we talked about a couple of weeks ago, an issue of Uncanny X-Men that had enough like serious and and like well-presented thoughts of self-harm in it that there was a phone number for the National Suicide Prevention Hotline in the back matter. Same thing with this issue. Um, At one point, Nadia is literally talked off a ledge or talked down from a ledge. Um, yeah. And there is the same thing in the back of this. There is contact information for the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. Like, it's done very well. It's done very respect. but it is heavy and it is a lot that is not normally necessarily what you see in superhero comics. That's fair. Agreed. But it's so good and it's done so, so well. (sighs) All right. Anything else on Unstoppable Wasp? Brian, I assume you also thought this was good?
2: Oh my God. Yeah, this was was heart wrenching. I tell you what, specifically when she's talking to Nadia and she talks about how, uh, you know, how, well, she reveals about herself that, Her brother committed suicide and that she wakes up every morning thinking, could I have done something different? And so it really shows how it can affect the other people in your life. And she mentioned something about uh, Viv and Vision and Ironheart and Miss Marvel and Hulk and Nova and Mockingbird and, oh, Lord, Jarvis. And when she said that, I was like, oh, damn, that just that just stabbed me, man. Yeah, that was hard but like some of the, like some of them are obvious, but I, it's easy to forget Jarvis and Nadia's life and how important that relationship is. Yeah. But I love but it so much. It really much. is. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, no, this is just fantastic. Agreed. Is
1: it the end of a run or end of a trade? I guess. My Hopefully guess is that
0: this, my guess is that this is probably where the trade will end. Um, It's not the end of the run. We know we're at least getting through number 10 uh, because okay. that's been solicited. It is Nadia's birthday party and Bucky Bar. Shows up and that doesn't go great.
2: But that's always fun. Uh, yeah, it would not it, it, this would it would not shock me that this unless the next issue is just a single complete standalone something else. Yeah, then, and I don't remember uh, okay. what. Yeah, but Good,
0: I'm here's excited to get the next one. Here's the thing about Unstoppable Wasp, and it's one of a handful of books at Marvel that this is true for. uh Others being like Squirrel Girl and, to some degree, Miss Marvel. Although that does do pretty well in single issues and Moon Girl and double Dinosaur. There's like a segment of their of their books that come out that don't really sell in single issues, but sell very well, especially at, like, book fairs? Yeah, that Um makes sense. You're actually seeing all of those titles get reprinted in, like, slightly undersized trades that have, say, 12 issues or so at a time, specifically to, like, be sold at book fairs and in more traditional bookstores that kids might wander into and see them. Um... So, some of these... I mean, these, these few books... Like it maybe a little less so Miss Marvel, because it's always sold well on its own. But these other books, like part of the reason they get to keep going, the reason Wasp came back right. was because there is a, a non traditional market segment that Marvel has recognized and is actually doing its best to support right now. So I don't think this is going anywhere anytime soon.
1: Yeah, I just used the wrong word. I don't think it's going anywhere. I love it. I really and truly think it is one of the best comics out. It's just that I there's so few that I don't read and trade, so that's why I'm waiting for it. Oh yeah, no, I get excited. you.
2: Yeah. By the way, uh, it may, the next issue may actually be part of the trade because the next issue is recovery. So it may be part of like the same arc of. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, Hey, both of you Mm -hmm. tell me about age of X-Men, the amazing nightcrawler. Number one.
1: Okay. So I have no idea like what this is post because it seems like X-Men utopia.
0: (laughs) It is. Yeah, basically.
1: But I, but I picked it up because Shauna McGuire wrote it, and basically anything that she puts out, I'm
2: going to pick up, whether go. it
1: be book, novella, or comic.
2: So, so we kind of talked about the setup of this. So coming out of um, the the Uncanny X Men book, X Men basically put all of the X Men in this Utopia universe that we're not sure where it exists. If maybe we we think probably Legions inside Legions head. Okay. Probably. Somewhere. Interesting. Right. Um, but there are like. Like six miniseries that spin out of this, okay, and they all kind of deal with a little bit different uh, subject or, or focus, at least. And this is specifically in this universe. Kurt, who has always been hunted and ostracized, and you know, kind of hated by people because of his appearance, is celebrated as like the world's biggest movie star. Right. Yeah.
1: Now, are multiple people writing Nightcrawler? Because I saw a weird tweet, but I didn't give it much thought because I was I didn't have the comics yet. That maybe someone else wrote issue two of this. Not important right now, but I don't I am curious how they're gonna how they're doing this. I, um, I
2: think I thought the teams were kind of set for the yeah, each of the each of the run, uh, the as, different miniseries.
0: As far as I know, each miniseries has a consistent team. Now, Nightcrawler does show up in multiple books. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. Like, that I was Nightcrawler reading. is also in the Marvelous X Men, which mm-hmm. is sort of like the central, like, he's a central figure in this whole story. Okay. Um, and that's kind of, I think, the the tentpole book for this because that's sort okay. of what ties into each of these and, and connects everything else. I think that's where the main story of this event is. Okay.
1: Well, yeah, it was great. It's a very, uh... You know, he's the most loved man in the world and only does good. And, you know, there's a contest to have for his fans to have dinner with him and a girl's crying because she didn't win. And so he brings her back with him. It's it's ridiculously sweet. And I loved it so much.
2: I love
0: Kurt. Kurt's one of my
2: favorites. That's what I was going to say. I think one of the things that's kind of cool about this is even though, you know, this world has changed and, and a lot of these characters are I don't want to say they're different but they're 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 altered versions of themselves somewhat yeah right. Kurt is possibly more maybe that's why he's such a central figure maybe more than the rest of them he is exactly who he always has been it's just the world recognizes him and treats him differently for it than mm-hmm. they do in the other world in the real world whatever you want to call
0: it Kurt's the one who in all of this is actually getting what he deserves
2: yes exactly
0: yeah. exactly yeah which is why it's going to be tragic when it uh, goes away yeah
1: I know that's why I Like it's leading up. There's a big kiss at the end. I mean, it, it really is like a, you could just feel that something bad is about to happen. But at the same time, like he's starting to accept that like, maybe it's okay to lean into this and like that everything's okay. And it's like,
2: well, except one of the things, probably something you don't have the context for is it's no, not, not <laughs> is in this world. No relationships are allowed. Yeah. It's like, like, okay. ever. like not friendships, so, not that explains
1: the whole uh, yes. bigotry towards the sisters,
2: the cuckoos. Yes. Yeah. So, but, because, obviously, the cuckoos are a hive mind, right? And right. normally they are always, all of them are, all at least three of them are always together. Well, there's two in this one. And right. people are, like, bad-mouthing them because they, quote, flaunt their familial relationship. Right. But there's really no way to... Separate the cuckoos, right? Yeah. So, and then there's
1: the scene of them asleep with like the the extra pillow in the picture of three. Yeah, so I'm very that was, curious well, what's going to happen. I'm there.
2: thinking that's got to be there's one of their sisters. You know, one of the sisters is removed and probably. Right. So we know from the kind of intro book to this that um, if. You are caught in a relationship. You're kind of reprogrammed a couple of times. But if it continues long enough, like Bishop, for instance, has uh, has developed relationships more than once. You are basically sent away to the equivalent of like prison. And one of the one of the mini series for this is dealing with that group.
1: So no utopia is perfect. <laughs> uh, yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Utopias are always bad.
2: Yeah. So what we get out of this though, and where Kurt feels like he's quote failing is he develops his feelings and ends up having a relationship with Megan, who is his co-star in all of these movies. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I do love the two panels where she like shrinks back down to normal size.
2: Oh, <laughs> that was so that was like, so like she's this
1: like very photoshopped movie star model, big breast, you know, the current curves, everything. And of course, like, she's perfectly fine and attractive as herself. But like the two panels next to each other, I had to laugh.
2: Yeah, because one of Megan's abilities is to shapeshift, right? Right. So yeah, she goes back to her regular you know unaltered form i guess is the best yeah 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 which like you said she's still beautiful it's just that she feels that she has to enhance that for the movie hollywood sucks
1: yeah no matter if it's utopia hollywood still sucks
2: (laughs) all right anything else on nightcrawler uh no Batman, number 65. No, 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 no. So this is part three of... Uh, the, the Price. It, the Price, yeah. Yes. Um, man, I, I, I like every issue of this, I just feel worse and worse for Claire.
0: I know, right? Yeah. Like,
2: clearly this is like one of the most dramatic cases of psychological abuse that has happened. And also, <laughs> yeah.
0: she really should have been at Sanctuary. Uh, at, at, yes. I mean, yeah. obviously not because of what happened at Sanctuary, but not knowing that, like, Batman should have put her there and not
2: Arkham. Okay, so here's the thing. Specifically after all of this is over, that's that's going on, that's being fed out of Arkham now, uh-huh. can we shut that place down and, like... <laughs> no.
1: Arkham is never getting shut down. Yet. God,
2: like... Because you know I what's going to happen? That Something place is worse the is worst. going to get built. That place is the worst.
0: Brian, no. they literally rebuilt Arkham between the end of the New 15th to in the beginning of rebirth arkham and, was and, a crater at the end of new 52
2: and yet still maybe it's they should like, get the idea they shouldn't put all of these people in one fucking facility
1: it's like there is an evil spirit buried there and they keep building on it and thus it keeps getting worse and worse and haunted and that's how it got destroyed yeah no i did not actually know that okay well then they were stupid to rebuild it at the same spot because, like, what do you think is gonna happen? Deacon the same
0: thing. Deacon Blackfire summoned summoned all this arcane energy because it was this <laughs> evil haunted spot, and literally, like giant column of flame blew a hole in the ground.
1: That is amazing.
0: And then the while Bruce I Wayne was it. dead, yeah. they turned Wayne Manor into the new Arkham.
1: Was it a better Arkham?
0: Uh, it was an Arkham that also had its own problems, but Jerry Duggan wrote a six issue miniseries set in it, and that was very good. All right. Yeah of Manor, it was called. Anyway, uh, Batman 65. <laughs> so. Yeah,
1: there's a lot going on here. Yeah.
0: So did you go back and read the first two parts of this for this week? No, did I did not. Just... Nope. Okay. I nope. was curious I how- I totally uh... went in.
1: I mean, it's fine. Like, I don't need it explained. I think it makes sense enough on its own that I can yeah. draw context clues Um, that poor woman,
2: though. Yeah, this got hard to read in spots.
1: Yeah, yeah, it did. Very much so.
2: So, essentially, they, uh, Claire leaves and goes to Central City and Flash and Batman chase her. Chase her down there. Right. Um, trying to stop her slash help her but she's gonna have none of it at this point because she's too far gone and at the end things go bad i guess go get worse even i mean unless it actually works Mm.
1: i don't think it
0: did
2: i don't think it did
0: i don't think it did either
1: and she has to go through the trauma of like watching her brother die again like that
0: yeah that's a lot well who knows how many clones of him she's seen die at this point either that's yeah
2: yeah. i'm I'm getting a real ben Riley feeling here yeah
0: yeah
1: (laughs) that only it's he's like melting like that's not like a oh my heart stopped excuse me and like fall over that is like a very painful looking and just it's so much yeah
2: the venom burns him up from the inside yes yeah yeah uh and then at so basically at the end she injects herself with it and uh, next week we'll find out how that finishes and (sighs) I'm not hopeful for her.
0: I mean, we know she survives, though, because we know that she and Duke end up together.
2: Well. Oh, that's right. In one possible future, yeah. Come on, it's the future. Who knows how set that no, is?
0: No, I mean, that relative to this story, I think, is set. That was teasing the entire end game right. of King's Run. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair.
2: Back
1: when Catwoman... Um, did not marry Batman. There was like a shot with Bane and all these people. Was she part of that group?
2: Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes, she is being, and that's hence the importance of Venom in this. She okay. is being played by Bane.
1: Okay. I figured as much, but I yeah. just wanted to make sure I was getting that.
2: Bane and
0: Thomas Wayne from the Flashpoint Universe. Correct, yes. Yeah. 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 Cool. High level number one.
2: Brian. Uh yeah, this is a new book from Vertigo. Um, let me find it real quick. Here it is. Um so but just before we start, um I just want to say this book is gorgeous.
0: This is the same art team, uh Barnaby Beginda and Romulo Fayardo Jr., I believe. Uh huh. Who did it Omega Men with Tom King.
2: Yeah. Okay. And it's it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. And and we we get the we get introduced very very early to uh our character 13 who is um basically Think, um, Ray from uh, uh Return of, what is it? Uh, uh of oh, Star Wars, yes, from Star Wars. Okay, um, and where she is a scrounger who goes and collects things and delivers things and you know gets scrap back and that kind of thing. Um, and we we learn a bit about this world in this one, and we learn a bit about 13 who is very much a loner. I mean, she has associates and a few. What you might call friends, but she definitely is on her own. Um, and then we get a introduction, uh, kind of a, a like a little one page blurb about it, and then at the end, very much the setup for what this story is going to uh, be about. And what is, is that, pride Essentially, there is a kind of this wasteland that they live in, and then to the north there is a place called High Level, which is a city um, where there are different rumors about high level which are some of them are it is a place where everything is organized everybody is fed and you know lives happy but it's all very um, ordered and structured and you're not allowed to you're not allowed a lot of freedoms to do what you want and you're all they're all fighting and uh, I don't want to say fighting they're all striving towards what they call ascension which is to go to this supposedly paradise city in the clouds Um, but nobody knows if it's really 100% for real, and obviously, you know, you lose your freedom. The other, some of the other rumors are that basically the people there are, you know, in drab uniforms, and they basically work like slaves, and et cetera, et cetera, and I would imagine it's probably somewhere in between. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking it's more like, uh, I'm thinking what we end up with is something more like working for a corporation where, you know, they're all in cubicles and that kind of stuff, but yeah, they do have food, and they do have, you know subsistence and they don't have to hunt and and you know fight to survive um so there's that i think it's also very telling that the the first kind of story we get is her remembering meeting a person who wants some uh, a traveler who wants some water which is pretty scarce in this world it's got a lot of value um and she gives him some water for a book that he says in the old world, used to be of critical importance, like whole people followed their whole lives based on this book, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. It, it very clearly we find out it's the Bible, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and she is dismissive of it, of why would you want to be told how to live your life, right? Very anarchist free kind of attitude. But there's other people who want that in their life, right? They want that structure, they want that order, they don't want to have to figure out what they should be doing. Um, and so, high level kind of gets set up. Up as if not following specifically that that kind of structure, like that's what they're uh, yeah. the the template, so to speak. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Mostly, I like this because I like the character thirteen. Yeah, I would say that mm. that's that's by far the biggest appeal of this to me so far. Cool. Mm-hmm. It is also gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Speaking of books in which people in dystopian societies who take contracts have to transport children from point A to point B, Sharky the Bounty Hunter. Number one. Yeah. Brian, you did not read this, but Meg, you did, Uh, right?
1: I did, yes. I tend to grab anything Image puts out, number one.
0: So when I walked into the comic (laughs) shop on Wednesday, the uh, manager there says to me, if you like Lobo, you should read Sharky, which I think is probably the most at direct line recommendation. Interesting. Okay. Maybe a little less 90s extreme than Lobo, but I think that's probably a pretty fair one-to-one.
2: So to be fair, when you say like Lobo, do you mean like reading about Lobo or actually like Lobo? Lobo himself, because ain't nobody likes Lobo. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Lobo likes Lobo. Okay. That is is definitely true.
1: I mean, that is a hard sell, if that's the case.
0: Uh... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> likes reading about Lobo. Oh, okay, good. Okay.
2: Yeah. That, makes, that yeah. makes it much
0: more sellable, yes. Yeah. Um. And this is Mark Miller and all of that.
1: Yeah, I did not realize that when I picked it up. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, this makes a little bit more sense. Yeah.
0: yeah. I, uh, I, I enjoyed this fight. I think this is, sometimes books are surprising and not what you expect them to be. And sometimes yeah. books are exactly what you expect them to be, but do that in a very polished way. This is that second thing to me. This is exactly exactly what you would yeah. expect about grungy space bounty hunter who drives an old ice cream
2: truck
1: i did like the ice cream truck yeah like if you're gonna have a spaceship make it an old ice cream truck that Agreed. sounds great
2: yeah uh, uh, only if you can somehow convince me in a very subtle way without directly doing it that it, it is the ice cream truck from ice cream man that would be <laughs> oh
0: i'm glad you went there because i was thinking about making that connection <laughs> too oh,
1: i did not put that connection together and now i'm sad yeah um Yeah, it's... I don't know how I feel about this book. I might give it another issue before deciding if I want to trade it or completely bypass it. But it did have a really familiar, like, deja vu feel in the middle with the uh, sex scene and the kid coming in and all that. Which I I mentioned before we started recording. Yeah. Um, Which I I think I said reminded me of Saga, which I haven't decided is enough to keep me or enough to make me go, "Mm, I don't know if I want to read this, but... I did like the costume of the woman assassin that maybe I guess wasn't a woman assassin. And so if she comes back, I'm all for this.
0: Uh, yeah, it seems like that character will be a fixture in this going yeah. forward. Um, or Bounty
1: if, Hunter, I guess she's not necessarily an assassin.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. I don't. I don't think there's a whole lot more to say about it. I think. I think we pretty well have it covered. The art's yeah, no, good. You, it's solid art. The
1: art's great.
0: Simone Bianchi.
1: If you uh, want a quick discussion of like gender uh, issues, this yeah. is a fun way it's been put. You know. Outside of that, yeah.
0: yeah. All right, very quickly, two things that only I read. Wolverine Infinity Watch number one, which is like the the capstone epilogue to uh, Infinity Wars. It's Jerry Duggan writing Wolverine and Loki and Wolverine, uh, figuring out what needs to happen to protect the Infinity Stones that are now inside of people, our people. Is
1: that two different Wolverines, or... Is that Wolverine it's, and Wolverine
0: and Loki? It's Wolverine and Loki and future Phoenix Wolverine visiting. Okay, okay. And a lot of what this issue does is kind of explain kind of explain what's been going on with Wolverine. Um the Wolverine who we saw way back in uh Marvel Legacy number one, who came back with the Infinity Stone. Oh right. Was in fact future Phoenix Wolverine and present Wolverine. Wolverine was still dead at that point. So okay. some of it's like settling up with... Basically, basically, this issue revolves around Loki has been getting played by future Wolverine. Present Wolverine isn't really in on it either, but future Wolverine has been pulling these strings and this explains that. Okay. Um, And they are tasked, like I said, with protecting these Infinity Stones that are people now, at least the one that is still on Earth. Um, I love the idea of Loki getting played. That is fun. I enjoy future Phoenix Wolverine and the weapon he bequeathed to present Wolverine, which is a baseball bat with shards of the time gem stuck in it. He gives him a time bat. Wow. Um, And then we, we, we kind of go back to, I forget which of the, if it was the last issue of Infinity Wars, if it was one of the kind of like little single issue epilogues to that. But we go back to the guy in prison who has shards of the space gem, maybe, or time, one of the gym like the gem, once the gems go and possess people and go into people, like he gets one of the gems in him so very much this is setting up that they need to find and protect him even though they don't really know who or where he is yet uh, this is a five issue I think miniseries, it's it's fun it's fun and it just kind of closes out that and answers some questions Um, and yeah, beyond that I don't think there's a whole lot else to say. The other thing I wanted to mention is Incursion number one which I picked up because last week Tim mentioned it as something he was looking forward to this week and my comic shop had an extra copy. Uh, and I think we've talked before about how sometimes the valley events are a little hard to get into mm-hmm. um, because they are event books and often event books regardless of publisher take just a lot of knowledge of what's going on this one doesn't this That's one's nice. actually a really clean in and a really cool setup there is basically an entropy vampire who lives out in space she She uses this, like, necromantic virus to suck out necromantic energy from living things and then absorbs that energy to be immortal, essentially. And that is wearing off for her. It's not working as well anymore. So she comes to Earth to basically siphon all of the powers out of the current Geomancer, which is just, like, a title that exists that person after person becomes the Geomancer. And the other character in this is the Eternal Warrior, who you kill him and he comes back to life. Life and he like for all of time has to protect whoever the geomancer is at the time um he's kind of the ultimate chumbawamba <laughs> he gets knocked down but he gets up again um thank and, you for clarified yeah but uh yeah like it's a really easy setup the art in this is absolutely gorgeous andy diggle is writing and the writing is tight like i really dug this i was surprised honestly because it's not a universe i know super well i i'm reading mm. a couple of other valiant books right now but uh i expected it to be a little harder to get into, and it was actually really, really accessible and really well done. So
2: That that is good to hear. Um, That's one of the things about the Valiant universe, is uh, everything I've ever read in it, I've really, really enjoyed, but you're right, it's, there's, it is very, it tends to be very connected to each other, which is both good and bad. Well, I think
0: when they came back in like 2012, 2013, they came back under the premise that we're going to keep a small list of titles at any given time, and make it easy to read everything and make it easy to stay caught up with the whole universe. And I think for a time that probably worked, but several years later now, there's a lot of back catalog to get into and there are lots of like runs of the same title that are, you know, in different volumes now. That um, it does make sense that they're moving to something that even though it's probably still easy to read everything they do, still is a little easier to jump into at any given time. Um, and I think that's making a difference. I think the last time I tried to jump in. They were still still operating under the expectation that maybe you jumped back in at the beginning and had working knowledge of everything they had done in the reboot. Yep. Um, I think they've moved past that now, and I think that makes it easier to get to get into stuff. Um And this was just beautiful. The art. This
2: might have been the best art or my favorite art of any book this week. I mean, it was just gorgeous. Uh, th- that's one thing, and we've talked about that before. Valiant has always had beautiful, beautiful art. Yeah, world. definitely.
0: All right. Is it still good? Aquaman number forty five. We learn the entire history of creation and find out that uh, Aquaman's new friend might not be exactly what she
2: seems. Nope. And Nama Mama ain't so good. With a name like that? Well, her name is just Nama, but she happens to be someone's mother, so, you know. Say okay. say say the say that full title again, Brian. Nama Mama.
0: Do-do-do-do-do. <laughs> uh, Brian, Catwoman, number eight.
2: Um, so Selena goes on a job for Penguin and surprise, surprise, uh he's not very appreciative of when she finishes it for him.
0: Brian, Justin League, Justice League Justin League number eighteen. Tell me about the League of Justins <laughs> <laughs>
2: Actually, this would be the Legion of. This is a, one of the, our Legion of Doom issues. What um, is
0: Justin Theroux up into this one? Justin Trudeau, uh, Justin McElroy, Trudeau. I know, and that's Justin I
2: know. Justin Timberlake.
0: Uh, Timberlake. That's the other one I wanted. Yeah. What are the four Justins doing?
2: <laughs> wow. Um, they are telling us the history of uh, Lex's father and the and how Lex got involved in this whole thing um, and putting Brainiac and Lex on the same page and how to move forward with Perpetua.
0: Naomi, number two. Naomi continues trying to track down answers about when the last time superheroes were in town uh, was and maybe accidentally finds out who her biological parents are. Teen Titans,
2: number 27. Brian? Um, This is an interesting setup where it pairs, uh, pairs our members of Teen Titans together and they E nice slowly start building trust and relationships amongst themselves.
0: Bitterroot number four, all hell has broken out in Harlem, and we kinda learn what's going on and where these monsters are coming from.
2: Brian, Black Widow number two. <laughs> um, <laughs> Black Widow throws down the gauntlet in Madripoor.
0: <laughs> Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man number three, someday Brian will read this book and <laughs> kick himself for not having started it sooner. Brian and er, Brian Spider-Man and Old lady superhero, <laughs> the rumor.
2: Go fight uh, evil
0: mobsters in underground New York.
2: So, can I just say that that, that Meg and I both immediately went to? Oh, so yes. it's a future version of Allison from the Umbrella Academy. <laughs> Look, can we can just, talk just,
1: like, take the rest of the episode to talk about Aiden Gallagher and how amazing he is and how everybody <laughs> just needed to watch Umbrella Academy for
0: him? Like, that's
2: that, that show is so good. I well, am, Let's get through five I'm, more
0: books and we can talk about Umbrella all right, Academy. Fair enough. Okay. Let's do it. Love Romance is number one. I grabbed because I saw Gail Simone's name was on this and I thought it was, like, Marvel doing what DC has been doing with, like, holiday anthologies. Mm. It is not that. This is part of the Marvel's 80th anniversary Let's Do single issue you one shots of old titles maybe to preserve the trademark uh (laughs) so there are no superheroes in this this is four short like five page stories about like weird science robots and ghosts and love and it's actually really cute and good um miles morales spider-man number three miles and rhino and captain america save a bunch of kids shuri number five shuri and iron man fight a black hole uncanny
2: x-men number 12 brian you Um, Scott and Logan stage a prison break.
0: Scott participates in a great deal of self-loathing and Logan participates in a great deal of Cyclops loathing. So for the first time in years, they agree on something.
2: And and magic. (laughs) And magic.
0: Uh, Venom number 11. We learn that the symbiote has been gaslighting Venom for the entire time they, or, well, specifically Eddie for the entire time they've known each other. And maybe Eddie doesn't have cancer, but does have something else. All right, I'm setting a timer for 10 minutes. Let's talk about Umbrella Academy. Oh. <laughs> okay. For the first time, we're talking about a TV show on this.
2: Um, we're not uh, going to spoil
0: so- major stuff. I've only seen three episodes, and I will immediately end the call in the episode if I hear spoilers. So no worries. don't worry, listeners at home. So
1: if you are looking at this and worried that it is a lot like the Haunting of Hill House remake, because I don't know if either of you watched that, but nope. it's another family dysfunctional, a lot of like angst and build up on their problems it is but it is also not so give it it's, a shot because i've seen a lot of people that are hesitant because of that reason it's
2: yeah. the superhero so. version of that exactly yeah
1: less ghosts, more superheroes.
2: At some point, and I don't remember where it was in this, and it's not, like, plot wise or anything like that that it reminds me of. I think it's more in execution and, and how I like each episode. It reminded me a lot of season one of Heroes. Interesting. I think
0: that's fair. I mean... You've got a lot of similar elements in terms of like time travel and prophecy and characters coming together in ways. Obviously, because yep. they're family, they're like closer at the starting point geographically, and they all know each other
2: already. But you yes. do have
0: some similar moving parts,
2: I, and I, I think that's what it was. And I, like I said, I think it's in in how the story is told. A lot yeah. of it, yeah.
0: Um, I love the comic this is based on. The only reason I have watched as little of this as I have is because of how busy I've been, and just I'm not built to binge in the first place. Yeah. but As much
1: as I keep pushing. <laughs>
0: the, I mean, basically from the beginning, I knew this was going to be my jam. There's like a little prologue where you see their dad, find all of them. Their, their adopted father. But right. then the introduction to them as adults is a series of scenes on the moon and in fights and in all of that and no, I didn't say, hey Siri, bite me, stop it, you stupid people. Some of shit technology, thank you. Um, She's coming
2: for you again. Uh
0: oh. Yeah. Um I saw the light come on and I caught her this time. You can't get me again. <laughs> uh all of all of this introductory stuff goes on to Ellen Page playing a violin medley of Phantom of the Opera. Yes, that yep. is. And I would say that is them. the most me shit ever. But then the first big fight sequence is to they <laughs> might be giants.
2: Yep, yep. it sure is. <laughs> um can I say how ridiculously good the soundtrack to the show is it is uh, It is amazing it is so good
1: it is also very well cast i love yeah. that they uh decided to diversify the siblings uh-huh because i yes. am only in the first issue of the actual comic because i just remembered that i have it on comiXology um and so i love that like number two is latin american of some sort uh number three is biracial and then it's what number six is asian Mm -hmm. so it's, I had to go through my head who was each number. Sorry. And, uh, and then Vanya, of course, is supposed to be Russian, but, um, and Yeah. yeah, it's, it's so well done yeah. and like, like i went in this only loving
2: ellen page she might be my like not least favorite character in here but it's like in some way she's the most predictable character
0: yeah well yeah. she is, yeah. her entire character is is thematically wrapped up in being ordinary right. and when you yes. are the
2: ordinary one
0: against a cast of what the rest of this cast is like it is hard to steal a seat yeah meanwhile if you are a time traveling child oh my god it is <laughs> easy to steal every scene you it ever it is amazing
1: i looked up aiden gallagher's like um filmology and or discology i don't remember what it's called anyways um filmography he's a character in a disney not disney nickelodeon show which i haven't watched nickelodeon in thankfully like five to ten years now because spongebob i'm not a spongebob person i think i'm like the only person on the planet but that killed me um so i can just imagine like how kooky and ridiculous he's supposed to be And if I had known him that way, I would have been so hesitant to see him in this role of a 58-year-old man in a 13-year-old body. And he does it so well. Yeah. Like, there's never a point where I'm like... And even when he's playing a 13-year-old, it is still different.
0: I wonder
2: how how much Nickelodeon's going to let him say fuck from now on.
1: (laughs) Probably not much at all. (laughs) I don't know,
2: but all I can think of is, is... At some point, I thought of Mike stuck in a thirteen-year-old body. (laughs) Yep, I did too. Being totally honest, (laughs) yeah. Um, go just stepping back for just a second. Can I say how ridiculously good Ellen Page is at at making Vanya ordinary? Yes, yes.
0: I mean, and that's just like she. And this is this is also leading into design, and the design of this show is spectacular across mm-hmm. the board. But like she always looks so small and sickly and like yes. fragile. It's not mm-hmm. just ordinary; it is straight right. up, yeah. straight
1: Maybe
2: up her like breakable. Don't
1: fit. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, and, then, and then there's then they clouds.
1: also I was going to say they pair against uh, Tom Hopper, who plays Luther, who is like six seven in real life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like there is literally a scene where he goes to hug her. And I had to pause to figure out how tall he was because he is so giant compared <laughs> to her. Yes. Who is probably roughly my height. Like she is not that much shorter than me. And it is wonderful. Yeah. And yes, Klaus. Klaus.
2: Klaus is amazing. <laughs> he may be my favorite character. Yeah. Um, They're
1: I'm not going to so say good. who mine is because I'm not entirely sure Alex has been properly introduced to the character yet. That's fair.
2: I, know who I think I know who you're talking about. Probably, yeah. Yeah. But Klaus is just... Yeah. And, and there's so much more... To to his character than what is first presented to you. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, there's so much
1: more to all of them,
2: but yet, but yet everything that is first presented to you is most certainly still there also. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, now also, can we from, get some, sorry, go ahead.
1: Well, just for my clarification. So this is supposed to take place in 2019, but nobody has a cell phone. This is an alternate universe, right? Like this is not supposed to be present that, day here.
0: That or number five went back and fucked something up. <laughs>
1: there's a lot of like there's a lot of like the computers even are also yeah. not
0: well i mean so. this is that thing that happens when you i mean this is going to be a problem in adapting anything going yep, forward right. it's like technology moves and changes so much now that even if you're adapting something that's only a decade and change old the technology's already going to feel out of date like i think this is just something everyone's kind of got to deal with on their own but like i take it with a grain of salt stories are less interesting if you can just pick up a cell phone so whatever i don't even want to waste the time on explaining why they're not there but that's just me it's just
1: it is very jarring for characters to be using payphones and corded phones. Like, it's not like sure. I get not wanting to date something with technology of today, but it is very, very jarring that, like, you specifically said in the first episode, 1989, these kids were born. Yeah. And now it's 2019, which also was a lot of me, like, this came out right around my birthday and me going, Oh, I'm no longer 30. <laughs> I'm oh. now 31. Thanks. Um, And they're on corded phones that are against or on a wall or have to find a payphone or old crappy computers. So
0: I want to get some Pogo appreciation going on. Can we just quickly Mm -hmm. acknowledge our mutual Uh love of Pogo that I am sure is there because he's Pogo?
1: Yes, they have done an amazing job with
0: him. Agreed. Yeah, Um, Yeah, I love I love everything about this series. Yeah, it's so good. It makes me so happy when we finish. I'm going to watch episode four.
1: Um, I also highly like mom. Great.
2: She's, she is yeah. so well done yes yeah uh, yeah whoever's cha-cha playing. and oh Hazel cha-cha Hazel, and Hazel yeah <gasps> cha and Hazel yes oh yes
1: Although, I I feel like TV shows really try to make psychopaths relatable and just not let psychopaths be psychopaths. Like, I really like the whole middle management scorning annoyance that Hazel has, but also like, let sociopaths be sociopaths.
0: That's my favorite episode of the West Wing, when Leo walks into the (laughs) Oval Office and puts the napkin on Jed Bartlett's desk that says, let sociopaths be sociopaths. sociopaths
2: You know,
0: whatever. Oh. All right. That is our 10 minutes. We did it. We talked about a TV show that has to do with comics for once. It took 148 episodes. But it's <laughs> worth it. All right, next week's books. Next week's books to read. There. Next week's books to read. Heaven forbid. We go read. Sing. Yes. Uh, Meg. Yes. Hexwives number five. That kind of rhymes a little. Um, oh, mostly.
1: mostly. Oops.
2: How did I not see this? I'm trying to think of how I didn't see this when I was going through the list. I don't know. Oh,
1: mostly I just remembered that Hexwives was out. I read the first issue, and I'm gonna get caught up. It oh.
2: is so good. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, like
1: everything I see about it is. It reminds me like. I this literally got added on the list because you go, What are you gonna get next week? And I went through the list and was like, Oh yeah, Hex Wives, why am I not still reading this?
2: I don't know, so, but you should be Exactly.
1: I to issue one, so I'm gonna basically it's a paycheck time, so I'll be picking up, cool. you know, one through five.
0: All right. Peter Cannon, Thunderbolt, number two, which Brian has on his list, and I am also excited for.
2: <laughs> I, like, I can't... I, the first one was so interesting and so good, and I, I loved how they introduced all these characters. I am just it, chomping at the bit for number two.
0: Yeah, and if number one was the Warren Ellis issue, this is the, uh, 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 damn it Multiversity.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know. Doom Patrol. Uh, 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 Grant Morrison. Grant Morrison issue, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gillen has said... That like each issue is styled after a different post Watchmen writer. Uh, ah, yeah. uh, gotcha. So the first one was styled after like an authority comic by Warren Ellis, and this one is supposed to be the Grant Morrison. Omage oh, pastiche. Oh
2: my word! Okay, that should be fun. <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, the Forgotten Queen number one. Speaking of valiant books that I am on right now, this is Teeny Howard writing. This is one of those valiant books that has to do with ancient warrior queen types. And frankly, I don't know enough about all the universe and continuity to get which one this is or how it's relevant to what's going on. But Teeny Howard and Amakarpina Carpina, and it looks beautiful and is for. So I'm 100 there. I've had this thing nice. like pre-ordered four months now. Nice. Uh, Redneck Volume Three, Meg.
1: Yeah, I figured I would put in because I don't typically read things in issues. The fact that like what I keep an eye on, especially is trades. Yeah. And uh, Redneck Number Three is finally coming out, so I'm very much looking forward to getting caught up with uh with what's going on with them. So
0: yeah, I need to get that, and I need to read Number Two, and I need to get close to caught up before Jed murders me in my sleep. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's the other thing is like I'm sure at some point Jen's Going to realize I'm not cut up, and that's going to be a problem.
0: She knows Mm -hmm. where I live. She can find me and kill me if I don't read it, so I better read it. Redneck, read (laughs) it under penalty of death.
1: There you go. We will send Jenna after you.
0: Yes, Brian,
2: Wicked and Divine, number forty-two. I like. So here's the thing: until this final arc ends, every time it comes out, it's going to be on my list. Because
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm actually going to go back and I'm going to track out how often your list includes a Kieran Gillen
2: book. <laughs> oh, like every time there's a Kieran Gillen book. <laughs> yeah, you, <laughs> saw
0: that, you saw that. You uh, saw that Kieran Gillen announced a new book yesterday. No, Kieran Gillen announced a new book yesterday. I think I saw that. I'm scared now. to ask remember. what it is. It doesn't matter you're going to buy it. I know.
1: <laughs> so is this the first issue of the new the last arc or Yeah, uh, I... second
2: issue of the last. Okay.
1: Arc, I, think. I debated putting this on my list because it is the final arc. Like I already have the trade and uh-huh. number 8. So volume 8 of Wicked Divine is going to be all the one shots. Volume 9 is going to be the last. Right. Yeah. So I debated putting this on my list, but then I was like, mm, I don't know actually how many I am behind from the last
2: trade, so. God, it is uh, like it is there's no slowing this story down at point. It is just going. I think I'm still yeah, on volume 5. Excited.
0: You need to get caught up. I do. Uh hey, this one's on both my list and Meg's. Buffy the Vampire Slayer number two. Mm.
1: Yeah, I'm actually very positive nope, that's not the word I'm looking Optimistic, that's the word I'm looking for. I'm very optimistic about this run. Um I really loved issue one. I really love the variant covers that they're coming up. I think this time is um Thirsty Vampire Giles. Yes, good or evil Giles. Um definitely going to be getting Thirsty Vampire Giles. Um, this is not the first issue with Drusilla, so I, I actually don't know what's going on in this issue, but I am here for it. I'm here for all of it. So yeah. I think they have fixed a lot of the issues that I had with the original run of Buffy. And um, I'm looking forward to see
2: where it goes. Yeah, yeah. I, I will also be picking this up. Yes, definitely.
0: Yeah. Yes. It's a good first uh, first entry into Buffy for those of us who it is, yeah. never read any Buffy until number one. And, and it's
1: also really good if, like, for instance, they straight up give Willow a girlfriend an issue one. And it's like, oh, thank God. Maybe we're not going to have to go through the whole, like, Xander having to, you know. Yes. Yeah, just, yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's less of an awful person they can make Xander the happier I'm going to be.
0: And finally, another good good book that i am excited for but it's on meg's list ice cream man number 10 mm-hmm.
1: yeah no idea what this issue's about but i pick up ice cream man actually in issues <laughs> because they're you know closed little stories and they're always wonderful and uh only one of them has made me actually like freak out and cry so we're good
0: cool and that will do it for us this week meg thank you for joining us again always thank you thank for you. having me uh, if you would like more Meg, where can they listen to you on other podcasts?
1: Uh, I only have two, two of mine are in hiatus, so Judging Book Covers is currently running with a book challenge. Uh, we just did Anne Rice, um, The Queen of the Dam, because it came out in 1988, and uh, the book challenge checkoff was a year, a book that was a bestseller of the year you were born, so um, go check that out. And the other one is, of course, Minds at York with Alex and Jenna, um, an occasional co-ghost him. And uh we are what between fifteen and sixteen right now.
0: Yes. So recording yes. sixteen on Friday.
1: Yeah, I'm glad I checked my calendar for that because I almost made plans. So <laughs> which means that Brian's going to be coming on soon. I'm yeah, very
0: excited for book yeah. seventeen. <laughs>
1: yes. So that's where you can find me.
0: And you should do that. We would like to thank Chase Parker for our intro voiceover. We are available on your podcatching platform of choice or on our website at panelologypodcast.com. If you want to listen to episodes that are more than 100 episodes back, uh, you can do that there because they're not on iTunes. If you would like to support us, you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. You can share us with people or you can do so monetarily at patreon.com slash panelology. And Meg has already mentioned Minds at York, so I don't have to play plug that myself this week
1: i mean it's always good to plug it as many times as possible
0: well that thing you're expelled y-e-e-r-k there you go i'm alex i'm brian
1: and i'm megan
2: read.